You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I am your host, Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Today, I am joined by fellow Gators fan, uh, Blue Chip Scouting contributor, Voices of Wrestling contributor, and Climbing the Pocket contributor, Tyler Fornes. How you doing, Tyler? No, life is good, Brandon, and I am excited that the draft is only a few days away and we get to talk Gators. Yeah, I I have to admit, every draft, my sleep schedule just goes completely haywire. And I cannot wait for this draft cycle to uh to pass because it's like three hours of sleep at night at this point. So fun stuff. Absolutely agree. I'm kind of on the the same level right now. Yeah, man, it, it, I love it, but can't wait for it to can't wait for it to kind of scoot. Um, yes. So of course, like I mentioned, you're a Gators fan. You focus on scouting, and we have to talk about the biggest name that the Gators have had coming out of the draft in a long time. Kyle Pitts, what are your thoughts on him so far? Uh, Kyle Pitts is a generational prospect. And to be honest, I don't use that term uh, very lightly. Uh, he's far and away the best tight end prospect to come out of the draft since Vernon Davis. And you could argue that he's better. He does everything really well. He's got a lot of nuance to his game, uh, able to uh, use his body kind of like a a power forward in basketball to just separate himself from the defender. Uh, he tested athletically better than I thought he would. Uh, when I watched the film, I thought he would be like four, five, five, four, six, but the four, four, six really, really impressed me. And he's going to be a mismatch weapon across the board. You're going to be able to get him in position against linebackers, against safeties. And then if you have to, you can uh, flex him out wide. I don't necessarily want him going against Stephon Gilmore, but I think he's capable of doing it. Whoever gets Kyle Pitts isn't getting a tight end. They're getting a mismatch weapon to maximize all over the field. And if he's used like the Chiefs use Travis Kelsey, watch out. This this guy could be incredibly special. Where do you want him to go? We know where he's he's going to go in that kind of four to six, seven range. But where do you want to see him go? You know, it's kind of an, an odd one, but I want to see him go to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the way they used uh, Larry Fitzgerald kind of in that big slot with the air raid. Now, I want to see Kyle Pitts get utilized and maximized. Fitzgerald, fantastic football player, first ballot Hall of Famer. But at the end of his career, he was really slowed down just because of his age and all the tread on his tires. You get Kyle Pitts in that same style of offense and used it in very similar ways. You're, we're talking somebody who could really thrive and become a mega star opposite deandre hopkins yeah and of course we mentioned kyle pitts offensive weapon we have another offensive weapon in the draft who i love speaking about and i love calling him that he's the offensive weapon for me 
and Kadarius Tony. What are your thoughts on him, where he'll go, where you think he should go in the draft? Because I know he's been kind of placed in kind of multiple different spots. I'm relatively higher on Kadarius Tony than most. He is my wide receiver four. I've got a solid first round grade on him. And one of the big things that impressed me is how much he grew as a route runner, because obviously he came into Florida as as more of a quarterback and they used him as a gadget type player. McIlwain didn't didn't really use him well. And then he kind of with how deep the receiver uh, core was last year. Tony was still used as more of a gadget guy this year. He really got to thrive kind of playing an inside out role. Uh, his ability to create separation with his twitchiness at the top of the stem is really, really impressive. And it, there's that play against South Carolina where he's surrounded by five guys and runs through all of them for the touchdown. It, it, he reminds me of a of Percy Harvin, and it's kind of a, a lazy comp. But it, when you watch both those guys throughout their careers, it kind of fits in their play style. And he he's just runs more physical. He can run like a running back and continue to grow his route tree and develop those even more nuanced as a route runner. And I think he can be really successful. I think his ceiling is probably either going to be 16 to the Cardinals if they choose to go that route or 19 to the Washington football team. I project he probably goes back half of the first round, maybe slides into the second because kind of that wide receiver, like four through eight range is a little fluid. You could see uh, a Rondale Moore or Elijah Moore come up, maybe Terrace Marshall and Tony could slide down a little bit. So that's probably his his range, and I think the fact that he plays a little bigger than 5'11", 195 is going to really help him in the process. And you mentioned the Percy Harvin comp is quote-unquote lazy. Um, I think it's just they're two insanely dynamic playmakers, and it's like they're two guys we don't see often that can legitimately line up running back wide receivers. We're seeing it more often than we ever have, but... I mean, I think Percy might be one of the best comps you can give. Uh, I like it way more than I like people saying Tyree Kill. He just doesn't have that level of speed. Although he is the slipperiest guy in the draft. So it's hard to come up with comps for everybody, of course. We gotta gotta bend it a little bit, and I think Percy is an absolutely fine one. Uh, It's, yeah, like I said, it's way better than people saying Tyree Kill. He just, he's just not that fast no and i completely agree like for me comps shouldn't be forced they should come kind of naturally if you have to force it you're really doing yourself into the reader a disservice i think the only player you could comp tyree kill to is jalen waddle because they're pretty much the exact same player like uh, Kadarius tony is twitchy he's not super straight line fast which which is fine like he's a capable fast player but yeah you're not just going to want him to be like hey run from point a to point b in a straight line He's, he's going to get creative and dynamic with uh, those jump cuts and just putting his foot in the ground and exploding off of it. Like, that's his game. Utilize him in that role. Let him beat guys underneath with whip routes, and then he can u- utilize that and take it over the top with, with a like, a, a hitch and go. So it, a team needs to be willing to be creative with Kadarius Tony, and if they're willing to do that as he continues to grow his route tree, I think that's where he's going to be the most successful. Trying to figure out what to do with your stimulus check? Visit rockauto.com. Use rockauto.com for all of your car parts needs. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. 
I don't even have a car, but I wanted to get familiar with the website for these ad reads and I was shocked at how smooth the experience was. Whether it's brake pads, taillights, or you just want to add in hydraulics, like I said, just stimulus, you know, why not? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know who sent you. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. And of course, we'll be covering the Florida Gators for all pre- and post-draft news here, and it'll be covered on the show. All right, and then, of course, next is the guy who would throw the ball to Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony, Kyle Trask, he's someone who, he's had a roller coaster ride so far. He was pretty much a nobody before last September, meaning 2019, and then came in for Felipe Franks, had a massive rise, and then pretty much once the season ended, everybody was like, eh, third rounder. So where do you land on him? I know he was a player that you just watched last week and you were kind of on the fence about just because he's a very polarizing prospect at this point so hopefully land on that right side of that fence yeah here's the thing with Kyle Trask I think he gets too much hate he is not Trey Lance he is not Zach Wilson he doesn't have this cannon arm but uh, what he does remind me as far as his play style is he kind of reminds me of Drew Brees you put him in in a good offense that allows him to facilitate distribute and then he can make a few plays a game and that's going to be absolutely perfect for him I think you can clean up uh, Trask's feet and get them a little more sound and sturdy and he's going to be able to drive the ball a little better he's never going to have a cannon but if he can make that 10 yard out I think that he's going to be fine and it's really tough for me to take him in the first round because there's just so many little things that he's just not great at and he's not a true playmaker. But if you need a guy who you want to try and develop in that kind of round three range, I think that's where I, I would be very comfortable taking Trask. I've always been a Trask guy. I wanted him to start over Felipe Franks a few years ago. And the fact that we finally got to see him blossom and everything at Florida uh, really, really made me happy. And he's got work to do. But going into uh, like this season, he had like a thousand in-game reps over seven years as a quarterback. Like he, it's uh, well known now, but he didn't start over Derek King in high school, which is fine. It's Derek King, one of the best high school players in Texas history. Like you can't really do anything about that. But the fact that he's 23 years old and he has such limited time in game, I think can be a real draw for a quarterback's coach because you can really work with him and try and fix some of those things more than you would with your average 23 year old quarterback. I mean, look at Kellen Maude. He started 46 games. There's a lot less likelihood of you changing something about him than you are going to be with Trask. Yeah. And of course you mentioned Drew Brees, his comparison. He's that pocket passer accuracy type. And I mean, you're a Vikings fan. How do you feel if people match up with that Kirk Cousins comp? 
look, we talked about lazy comps, but not every white quarterback who doesn't have a cannon arm is Kirk Cousins. <laughs> like he, he's not Kirk Cousins. He's he's more of kind of like a combination Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees. He doesn't have a cannon arm, but he kind of is built the same as Roethlisberger, moves very similar in the pocket. And when you get outside the pocket, it's not great, but it's capable. So he needs to be in an offense where he can facilitate the football. And his two best fits are the quarterbacks of those two teams, the Saints and the Steelers. Like, Get weapons on the outside, get them in space, and let him find them in space. And then let the guys make uh, yards after the catch. Of course, you have the guy protecting him was Stone Forsyth, who I know we like. Um, we've seen his name get mentioned way higher than we initially expected recently. I've seen people say he's going to be a second round pick, which I mean, hey, if he does, that's awesome. Um, where do you land on Stone Forsyth? You know, I was really never intrigued by Stone Forsyth watching him play at Florida. I'm like, ah, he's fine. When people would ask me about him, I'm like, yeah, he's probably going to be like a fifth round pick, good swing tackle. But I never really saw him as anything more than that. And then I saw. Lance Zerloin ranked him as like offensive tackle six. I'm like, okay, I need to go watch this guy. And when I watched him, I came away way more impressed than I expected. He is a guy that needs a little work with technique. He bends a little too much at the waist, which you can understand he's six, eight and he's a mammoth of a man. But if he's moving vertically, he's dominant. And I think his perfect landing spot would be for the Baltimore Ravens. There's talk about an Orlando Brown trade. Let him slide in as that right tackle. Let him move vertically forward and just finish guys in the running game. He, uh, you can work with his footwork and that try and eliminate some of that waistband and pass pro. But Forsyth is good. Bleacher Report just released their uh, newest big board, and Brandon Thorne is the guy who does the trenches. He's player 29. Like, to me, that's a that's quite a bit high, but I liked Stone Forsyth quite a bit, and I I didn't expect to. He's uh, 69 on my board right now. Nice, nice. <laughs> but he's he's a good player, and in a tackle class, if you're able to get a starter in round three, which it feels really likely at this point, and you run a man gap power scheme, Forsyth needs to be at the top of your list. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned Brandon Thorne having him 29th, but. We know that NFL teams have told Stone Forsyth mid to late round pick. That's what you should expect here. That's what he sold us at his pro day. I don't think his pro day really showed that he should change his draft stock in a huge way. I think it was a little bit better than what we expected, but nothing insane from him. Um, but he is someone that, yes, we both like very much. I mean, I think that one of the reasons he's getting more hype now which is totally fine by me he can go as high as he wants i'm never going to complain but i think him being a very good pass protector in a league that just wants to throw the ball a billion times a game is you know like like you know they ran the ball four times a year that kind of guy um i think that he'd be fantastic as a tackle in the nfl just hopefully with a team that does like to throw it a lot and then he can really thrive as a natural pass protector that he is and we, I mean, he's one of the very few people that are taller than you in the draft class. So, so he <laughs> is really true. a mountain of a man. Um, moving on to another very large human being, Tadaro Slayton. How do you feel about him and his draft prospects? You know, when I was watching Slayton, I was really surprised that he weighed 360 because he looks like he weighs like 325 on film. The guy is just uh, 
built from the ground up. Everything's so evenly distributed. When you talk about a guy who's 350, 360, you think Vince Wilfork, like the big gut, but that's just not Slayton. Uh, he's he's a very interesting watch because he's he's got some power, utilizes some active hands, has a nice little swim move, but he gets out he gets out leveraged sometimes. Even the leverages his game, and he kind of really gets underneath the pads, but. Uh, he gets washed out and his gap gets attacked. And I think moving forward, he needs to uh, kind of figure out, hey, does he want to be like more of a gap shooter or does he want to like really hold the fort as a nose tackle or one technique and maybe even gain like 15, 20 pounds or lose 15 to 20 pounds? Because I think he's just trying to do too much uh, relative to what his position is. He's trying to play three technique at that nose tackle and, I don't think that's necessarily going to work for him at the NFL level. Probably going to be a fourth or fifth round pick. There is some upside there because you can see the athleticism on tape, but he he has a lot of work to do. Yeah, he's someone that uh, he's not really high on many people's boards. I think he's someone that he's going to have to be kind of molded. You mentioned he's either going to have to lose weight, gain weight, figure something out. I do think NFL teams are going to approach him the same way. And be like, this is going to be a project for us to get a really a decent contributor out of this. Uh, I would like to see him playing like a one tech. I'd, I'd like to see him pick up weight and drop it. I would just like to see him as that kind of space eater there. Because, I mean, yeah, he's already a very large human being. Yeah, and, and I agree there. I would rather see him as a space eater. But it just feels like he's trying to do too much as, as a true gap penetrating three technique at that one technique spot. And... It's not something that, like, when I watch him, I want to see. I want to see him that manning those gaps, clogging those rushing lanes. And especially against Texas A&M, Isaiah Spiller kind of manipulated him a little bit in the backfield and really took it to Florida. And you could tell that that game-tying rushing touchdown, like, Slayton just got, like, stood up completely. And it was, it was really disheartening. Yeah, nah. Just before we move on to another Gators player, I want to mention Isaiah Spiller, just because you brought him up. Um, I was very upset that game because his trainer was texting me, taunting me. Um, <laughs> and, that was, and that was very rude of him. So I just wanted to point that out really quickly. Oh, that's good stuff. The over-under for Kyle Trask's draft selection is currently 77.5. I know I'm going to take the under. With an early run on QBs, Trask should be drafted before that 78th pick. Bet online is exactly how I'll do that. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, BetOnline really is the best gambling website you can possibly use. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team will make trades and pick the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or 
wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, so we've spoken about so much offensive talent for the Gators this year. We've still got one more guy to talk about today, and that is wide receiver Trayvon Grimes. I know I like him. I'm seemingly higher on him than most have been, or at least publicly. I think he's going to be, or I think he should be, in the fifth round range, just because I like his potential and I like what he's shown so far. How do you feel about him? I think that's uh, right about the range he should go. Um, Anywhere on day three, I think wouldn't surprise me with how deep and diverse this receiver class is. Grimes, to me, projects as like a true X player. And one thing that was really interesting, giving him a full watch, is he's not great at anything. But he's also really not bad at anything either. He's just kind of good. And I think his best trait is uh, tracking the ball and getting his body in the right position and just being able to make the tough catches, but he doesn't separate particularly well. Uh, he has good hands, but I've saw some concentration drops on film. And I think Grimes is somebody, especially being from Florida, he's going to be more valuable than some other receivers because Mullen that is from the urban Meyer coaching tree. Everyone loves special teams and you have starting receivers playing lots of special teams. That's why four receivers from the 2019 uh, Gator squad are already on NFL rosters and playing like real minutes. So I think Grimes can be good, but I don't ever see him particularly being great. Probably going to be like at best a, a low end wide receiver too. But with that special teams capability, he is going to stick around in the league for quite some time. Yeah, I especially like the a lot of people go in there, think like they're going to watch him Trayvon Grimes and like, okay, he's going to be like like that traditional X and he's probably going to be a bit slower, but he has, he's like a leggy runner. He takes long strides and his, his speed kind of sneaks up on you a little bit there. I mean, his pro day, he ran faster than I expected. I mean, then again, everybody did because it's a pro day, but that being said, I do think he's one of those leggy runners and that he will sneak up on a lot of defenses and defenders and surprise some fans too. No, I completely agree. And if he can work on some of that uh, initial acceleration, like obviously he's never going to become twitchy. And to put that on a player is just unfair. But if he can improve the releases and he can gain just a little bit of burst with some work in the gym, I I think that can really help him at the next level, maybe gain some of that initial separation. Because as you said, he's a strider. He's going to be fine in the open field, like, keeping his distance from guys but it's getting that distance that's the problem yeah and then we have someone else who i mentioned trayvon's pro day was great marco wilson absolutely lit it up across the board at the florida pro day he's someone who you know he gets a lot of uh a lot of stuff for the shoe thing and we've seen him have a very polarizing college career so far where did you land on marco and Marco's interesting because, and we we've talked about it throughout this process. Uh, Texas is Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns' best season was his freshman year, all all Big Twelve, and he just kind of struggled with injuries, and his play never really recovered from that freshman season. And you can say the exact same thing about Marco Wilson. Like Wilson's far and away best year was uh, his freshman year, twenty seventeen, and 
that year, he was one of four Florida cornerbacks ever to start his freshman season. Like when you think of the lineage of Florida quarterbacks over the last 30 some years, that's pretty impressive. You got guys like Lito Shepard, Joe Hayden, CJ Henderson. Like I think like I know Hayden and Henderson both started their freshman years and that was a big deal. Yeah, like, uh, Vernon Hargraves was another one who he was like yep. a huge name, and it was very important that he was starting as a freshman. Janoris Jenkins too, like he started on that 08 national championship team. Like, if you are in one of those guys, that's that really speaks volumes uh, when you talk about a program that's uh, called by some DBU, and he just never really lived up to it after that ACL tear. I obviously he's a hyper athlete and he's he's aggressive and he's really good at the catch point but there's so many inconsistencies to his game and he doesn't do a really good job uh playing um off coverage and he just kind of lets the receiver get into him like uh, he needs some work and if he's got to go to uh, a place where he's not going to be expected to produce right away and if he's given time to really develop and work at an nfl level i think he could be a solid cornerback too but The fact that he wasn't very good this past season, 2019, you can kind of wash out because it takes a couple years to really come back from an ACL tear. But he did nothing to really boost the stock this year other than his pro day, in my opinion. So I don't have very high hopes for him, and I hope he can go somewhere where he'll be given a chance to thrive. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, I mean, he's going to need a couple years probably to develop, but he's a freak athlete, and we know freak athletes are going to get drafted. Um Mm -hmm. One guy that we unfortunately couldn't see at his pro day was safety Sean Davis because he got injured. He pulled his hamstring running his first 40. Uh, where did you land on Sean Davis? Davis is an interesting guy. And you can tell he's just a, uh, a really good athlete. He's got good vision. But sometimes that vision kind of is deceiving because he gets a little too lenient or uh leans too heavily on it and he watches uh the back or the backfield just a little too much and then gets a little too reactive instead of instinctive i think he needs to shore up his tackling he kind of torpedoes himself at the player instead of trying to wrap up you know it's great to throw your body around as a safety as a that he kind of plays best as a strong safety and you want to just be able to rattle people's cages but at the same time you got to wrap up and tackle and i think he needs to work on that um obviously the athleticism is there he's got special teams experience because he played at florida and all the all the top guys have special team experience which is something i absolutely love uh and i think if you put him in a cover two scheme he can really be successful but he needs he needs some time uh, to work on the tackling to uh, continue to grow his football iq and trust his vision and not just and not just see what's happening in the backfield and react to it. And I think you could get a really good player in round five. Uh, what worried me a little bit was at senior bowl. He was really, really bad at coverage. Um, I've seen some talk and maybe throwing him in the nickel, but I don't necessarily think that's going to be a great idea for him because he's, he was just getting torched. Obviously you're getting torched by receivers uh, who are outside guys mostly, but it, it didn't leave me any hope that he was going to be able to be successful at that spot. Yeah, I completely agree with you. He shouldn't, he has no business playing that nickel role. It's just not his style. Uh, I do think that he has to kind of play that little 
a strong safety role. He can come in, come down, and just lay some hits, but he's got to be able to wrap them up better. You're absolutely right with that. And that's about all the time that we have for today. But thank you so much, Tyler, and I will absolutely be sure to have you on after the draft. You can find Tyler on Climbing the Pocket. You can find him at Blue Chip Scouting. You can find him at Voices of Wrestling. And you can find him on Twitter at TheRealForno. Thank you, Tyler. And yeah, we'll link up again for sure. Hey, much appreciated. I had a blast talking Gators today.